The Tower, Episode 42, Bits of Titan's Business. On today's episode, celebrating Nightwing 100, new titles for Dawn of DC and DC's Young Readers line, and a tribute to George Perez. All this and a lot more on today's episode of The Tower. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. Welcome back to The Tower, a celebration of the new Teen Titans by Wolfman and Perez, and everything else Titans-related. Yes, I stole this episode title from the Legion of Superheroes letter column segment that is called Bits of Legionnaire Business, uh, but Bits of Titans Business perfectly describes the content for this episode. You're going to get a bunch of news from a number of different angles, including comics, magazines, toys, etc. Lots and lots of Titans news over the past year or so. So let's get to it. I didn't cover this on the tower in the past because, let's be honest, I haven't done many episodes. But if you are a devoted Titans fan, if you are a major DC Comics fan, or maybe just a comics fan in general, you know that on May 6th, 2022, George Perez passed away. Most of my thoughts about George wound up over on the Daily Rios podcast, particularly the Digest episode for May 14th, 2022 where I play various interview clips of George uh, from different people through different moments in his life as he talks about his career and his time with the Titans, Crisis, Wonder Woman, Infinity Gauntlet, his art, uh, his legacy, etc. I, th- I think hearing from his own words, Uh, A creator that was interviewed a lot, both in audio and written form, is important. And it gave a real good sense of who he is as a creator and as an acknowledged leader and legend in comics. So go listen to that digest for May 14th, 2022. There's also the digest from June 11th, 2022, which has a segment celebrating his birthday after he had passed talking about some of the amazing tributes that other creators put out there in celebration of his career, and then there's some other conversation as well. And then also, go listen to The Daily Rios episode 539 and episode 543, where I get together with a bunch of you, the listeners, to talk about your favorite Perez comics, artwork, sketches, etc., The Tower podcast from the beginning was always also a celebration of George Perez, and it will continue to be so as we move forward. Prior to his passing, DC announced that a tribute to George would be in the pages of all of their books released throughout June of 2022. So while he was um, taking care of himself, either in hospice or at home, They decided to do this tribute. It was to be in celebration of his 68th birthday. And you can see that tribute in books such as Batman Superman World's Finest number 4, 
Black Adam number one, Nightwing 93, Deathstroke Inc. 10, and many others. Now, as well as being an interior tribute, the image also graced the final issue, issue number seven of Dark Crisis, as one of its alternate covers, and that issue came out in December of 2022. So, although the the news of the tribute was released in mid-April, Perez passed away in early May. So the tribute to his ongoing legacy and career while he was alive became a tribute ultimately to his memory as well. And that'll be our first big topic for today. I wanted to take a look at the image for that tribute and talk about it and give my thoughts on it, break it down a bit, uh, and see how well it lines up to commemorate the many, many decades of George Perez at DC Comics. My initial reactions to the tribute image was that it was interesting, it's powerful in many ways, it's not enough in other ways, but it does go to show the scope and the impact that Perez had on the larger DC universe in ways that people may have forgotten or don't even know about. The initial layout and design was given to Dan Jurgens. Colors are by Hi-Fi. And over 25 artists contributed, some who have worked with George or worked on his creations, maybe others who were inspired by George, and then others who are creators in the current stable of DC's artists. So in case you haven't seen it, it is all of the characters Perez has created, worked on, made famous um, over the, the many decades at DC Comics. And you have Perez himself in the lower right corner at his workstation, surrounded by the New Teen Titans, of course, and then all the other characters are on various tiers, probably standing in the middle of the monitor satellite, you could say. It reminds me a bit of the cover to Focus on George Perez, which was a reference book Fanagraphics put out in the 80s. Uh, and that cover was drawn by Perez, again in the monitor satellite. And it had a whole bunch of screens all in the background. And all of those screens were full of all of the characters and all the concepts he worked on, created, etc. for both Marvel and DC up to that point. Now on the choice of having Jurgens be the layout and design person, I'm thinking there might have been a better layout to this, and I mean that in terms of which characters have more spotlight over the others. You know, Jurgens doesn't always strike me as a design composition guy in the way that Perez was. You know, he probably is really fast, and that's why they chose him. Um, I don't always agree with the placement of some of the characters. Uh, you can look at this image as a double double page spread, but you could also think of it, and this is how I'm going to talk about it, when it does show up on the Dark Crisis, Dark Crisis 7 uh, cover, there's a very real, you know, front cover and back cover, and who makes the front cover and who makes the back cover, right? So that's how I broke down my notes, right? And then I'll talk a little bit about the front image when I'm done. Um, but let's go into it uh, with the notion of 
everything on the right side being the front and everything on the left side being on the back cover. So seeing the right side of the image, there's order to it that I agree with, certainly, you know, having Perez and the New Teen Titans at the bottom in the foremost position closest to the viewer totally makes sense. So you have George Perez at his work table, you have the New Teen Titans, including Deathstroke and Terra, uh, because the Judas contract is such a major story. You have Nightwing holding his old, his old Robin costume, signifying his maturation and his evolution during that era, which was something that Wolfman and Perez were really keen on. Uh, I love that Starfire is as tall as she should be. Perez is in one of his famous Hawaii shirts. Uh, Hawaiian shirts. You have the tower on the drawing board, but I'm fairly certain Wolfman designed that. Um, so maybe it's just there as, uh, you know, recognition. Then you get to the next level behind them, kind of like a mid-tier level, and you have the Justice League of America members. Justice League of America was the title Perez wanted to do. That was the whole reason why he wanted to come over to DC Comics. And it was a title which he unfortunately inherited from Dick Dillon, who had passed away mid-story. This was the JLA-JSA team-up entitled Crisis on New Genesis. It fe featured the New Gods and Apocalypse and Darkseid. So it was, you know, during the team's satellite era, and we get the satellite headquarters right at the top of this front cover image. We also get Firestorm, right? Because he represents not only the satellite era for Perez, but also those Firestorm backup stories in Flash that Perez worked on. Um, because that first uh, JLA-JSA story was centered on the new gods, that's why you have Darkseid looming large at the top of this front cover image up there on the left corner. You also have Huntress and Power Girl. They are tucked underneath Darkseid. That's fine. Again, part of that team up, but also he worked on uh, the World's Finest comic during the New 52 with those two characters. And um, I, I do feel like Zatanna should be more prominent. Jurgens has the trinity of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman sort of right center of the image. Um, but I think Zatanna should be close, too, because he designed that particular costume, you know, her more superhero costume, right? Um, even the Trinity being Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman should be in the middle. It's the character he worked on, right? I know he worked on Superman and he worked a little bit on Batman, but it, it's, you know, like, these are the kind of things that um, when I saw it, I thought, you know, if if... Jurgens had a little bit more of the way Paris thinks about composition, he would think of these things. So Titans on the bottom, JLA in the middle tier, and then we go to the third tier, all the way up in the right corner, which I feel is disappearing to the eye. I think it's, I think it's way too much in the background. We have uh, the supporting characters and some villains during Perez's Wonder Woman run. So you have Hippolyte, you have Diana, the mother of Steve Trevor, you have Philippus, you have Cheetah and Ares, the way Perez designed them. Um, I feel like Wonder Woman and her people, those supporting characters, should be on the second level. I think the JLA should be up 
on that corner level, especially because they would be closer to the satellite. It just doesn't make sense to squeeze the Wonder Woman characters off in a distance. Perez's impact and his influence on the Wonder Woman on the Wonder Woman title greatly outshines his contributions to the Justice League of America, you know. Now I understand that the JLA his time on the JLA came before Wonder Woman, but still I feel like Jurgens put the JLA and especially the Trinity front and center because they represent DC. But this image isn't about representing DC, it's about representing Perez, you know? And I know that they have multiple artists uh, doing the actual uh, figure work for all of the characters, but I have to assume that if you look at the original art, um, Jurgens probably, I, I doubt he did like a layout of all the figures, but he probably said, okay, here is this character, here's where this character is, you just go ahead and fill it in, right? And I do know that he he did do the artwork for most of the JLA. So he that was a conscious choice to put them front and center, and I think that was a little bit of a mistake. And then Darkseid. Honestly, Darkseid should be the monitor because, again, the crisis far outweighs the JLA, JSA, New God story, right? Regardless of Perez's connection with the JLA, it's the crisis. How does that not make the front image? I think that's kind of scandalous that they are all on the back cover, you know? Or have the monitor satellite in the background behind the JLA satellite. I know, you know, that the idea is probably that everybody is standing within the monitor satellite, but you could still have the image up there, right? I feel like Darkseid is a poor front cover choice. Again, it's more for DC, less about Perez. Not to mention, if you really want to tribute Perez and you have so many of those who's who covers that you could emulate, if the monitor was on the front image, then you could have the spine splitting the monitor on the front and then the anti-monitor on the back in place of where Spectre is. That's the kind of design and thinking you need to bring to the table when you're giving a tribute to Paris, I feel. And trust me, I am doing this with so much love, um, but also because of just, you know, these are the things, you know, I, I, I've loved Paris since the early 80s, right? And all of the works that he's done and all the major um, posters and and DC Universe or Marvel Universe posters and, and compositions, like these things I studied. I studied, I copied as a kid, I tried to create artwork that emulated his style. So when I see something like this, I, I can't help but lovingly give it a little bit of, you know, putting on my little um, art school uh, critique, you know, when you're doing a jury and a critique in art school, putting on that hat and kind of going, okay, as an editor, here's what I would have suggested. All right, let's go to the back cover, same direction, starting at the bottom. In the foremost down there, you have the Crisis characters, Harbinger, Alexander Luther Jr., Pariah, uh, Jericho, Jericho, and Cole round out the New Teen Titans. Cole, um, you know, I, I looked at her and I thought, was she created by Perez? She showed up during the issues when Jose Luis Garcia Lopez was drawing the book. And 
it does say in the Wikipedia that she was created by Wolfman and Perez, and she certainly feels like a Perez design. I just haven't seen it mentioned anywhere yet that, you know, I haven't seen Perez say, yes, I created her. So it's probably somewhere, maybe in a letter column or uh, a companion magazine. So um, anyway, um, also down there on that image, we have Supergirl in the 80s costume that she died in during Crisis and Superboy Prime. Um, not that he created Superboy Prime or Superboy of Earth Prime, as he was known back in the crisis. But the character obviously had connections during the crisis. You could also argue uh, it's a little bit of a nod to Legion of Three Worlds when he does become Superboy Prime, um, obviously in a different costume. Uh, I guess they just wanted happy Superboy <laughs> and not maniacal Superboy. Um... Although Terra is on there with Deathstroke and Trigon and Cheshire. So, yeah, you could have had a villain on there. Uh, I would have liked to see uh, the other Crisis characters that were created specifically for the event by Wolfman and Perez, such as Lady Quark and Dr. Light. Then we go to the next tier, and I'm totally okay with this middle tier on the back image. You have all of the Titans villains like Brother Blood, the Fearsome Five, Hive, Cheshire... You also have Vigilante, who showed up in New Teen Titans. Um, you could have maybe put the Wonder Woman supporting cast here, but that would have pushed them to the back cover. And then where do the villains go? Right, you don't want them on the front cover, I don't think so. And then above them, on that upper tier, you have the Legion of Superheroes. Totally fine, right? He did the covers. He did Legion of Three Worlds. That's okay that they're kind of placed... Uh, higher up. And then you have the JSA for Perez's time on the JSA briefly, right around the time of Infinite Crisis. And above them, you have the Spectre. I'm not certain why Spectre needs to be so prominent, other than that he's a cosmic being. Again, does that have anything to do with Perez outside of Spectre's appearance in Crisis? You know, I don't know. Uh, then you get other big gods up there or other cosmic beings like Monitor and Anti-Monitor. I already talked about them. Trigon, sure, fine. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it, right? So when you look at the image as a whole, you do see that the Titans and Crisis get a lot of love on the bottom. It's that second tier that kind of bothers me the most. <laughs> I feel like that second tier should be Wonder Woman um, related. Um, there was one omission, but I suppose maybe she hasn't been around much recently. Uh, we don't see Maxima, right? She's such a, um, a, she's a character that represents Perez's time on the Superman title. So it would have been kind of cool to see her. Now, in terms of the artists and which ones draw which certain characters, we have Jim Lee on the monitors. Uh, I don't think I would have guessed that that was Todd McFarlane on Trigon without the little guide that they provided. You have Alex Ross on the Spectre, right? Yeah, I can certainly tell. That makes sense. You have Walt Simonson on Darkseid. That's a good choice. Cheetah and the Amazons are by Colleen Doran, which makes sense. I do believe Colleen and Perez worked together on Wonder Woman for a little bit. You have Phil Jimenez on Ares and Hippolyte, which is kind of scandalous, you know? Like, I feel like Jimenez should be a little more prominent 
on this image. In fact, I wonder what his design and his layout would have been, you know, since he is an admitted Perez heir, you know, I just think that would have been cool. You have Dave Gibbons on Vigilante, which made me think, you know, what's Keith Pollard doing these days? He could have done that. For the Titans villains, uh, Scott Koblish did Lady Hive and the Hive Agents. He was an inker of Perez, so that makes sense. Cheshire by Joel Jones. Brother Blood by Daryl Banks. Blackfire by Mike McCone, a former uh, Teen Titans artist. Gizmo and Mammoth by Klaus Jansen. That's interesting. Shimmer by Shimmer by Bruno Redondo. Simon by Mikhail Hanin. Um, Neutron and Jinx by Dan Mora. Most of those, or all three of those last artists, are kind of they they represent like DC's current crop of creators. Um, but then again, Bruno is on Nightwing, and Mikhail Hanin worked on uh, Grayson. So that certainly makes sense. I do wonder, again, just like Keith Pollard, where's Tom Grummet? You know, like you don't have Tom Grummet, the the man who uh, years after Perez took over the book and, and really brought a new kind of fire to the second volume of New Titans. Uh, the JSA is done by Jerry Ordway, of course, not to mention that Ordway was Perez's inker on the uh, second half of the Crisis Issues. Power Girl and Huntress are by Kevin McGuire. Totally makes sense because McGuire and Perez both worked on that New 52 World's Finest book. The JLA is is by Juergens and Norm Rapmond. The Satellite is by Scott Collins. Um, You know, for the JLA, they could have had Chuck Patton, maybe. Superboy Prime and Alexander Luther are by Yvonne Hayes. Not a bad choice if you consider Yvonne's work on both Infinite Crisis and Blackest Night. Supergirl by Gary Frank, who uh, drew the character when she had a book written by Peter David. Harbinger by Adam Hughes. Pariah by Danielle Semper, who was working on Dark, Dark Crisis, so that makes sense. Jericho and Cole by Nicole, Nicholas Scott. She worked on Teen Titans. And of course, New Teen Titans, Deathstroke, Terra, and George himself, all drawn by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Just look at that body language of the New Teen Titans as they surround Perez. I mean, Garcia Lopez is, he's just so good. Again, imagine the layout if it was Garcia Lopez, right? So anyway, uh, yeah, I do like the image. I just wanted to give my thoughts, right? Just my breakdown of this image, you know, from someone who has just absorbed so much artwork over the years by Perez. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to, just wanted to talk about this image. It's entitled DC Celebrates George Perez. Okay, so after the break, thoughts on current and upcoming comics featuring the Titans and various members. Nightwing was definitely a character I've always wanted to write. I never thought I'd get the opportunity, so when when that offer came, I was jumping. The appeal of Nightwing is I prefer positive characters. I prefer, you know, I do, I'm not all about angst. I like hope. I like inspiration. Back in January, January 18th of this year, we saw the release of Nightwing 100, the long-awaited celebration 
of the run, the very, um, you know, popular run on this title by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo and company. Uh, I just had a feeling, and I think most people did, it was kind of like this non-secret secret that things were leading to the formation of a new Titans team in this issue. And really, it's like a new, new Teen Titans team featuring the original lineup from the Wolfman Perez days. You got Nightwing, you got Donna Troy, you got Flash, Cyborg, Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy. Now, as of this recording, Nightwing is up to issue 102. I only have up to issue 101 since I'm buying these physically, so I haven't uh, received 102 just yet from DCBS, and I've only read up to, uh, I've only read issue 100. Um, interesting to note that the original Nightwing series that began in 1996 went 153 issues, so we have to see if this series can hang that long, because that's a, that's a number of years yet, you know? Um, just like the George Perez tribute image that I covered in the first segment, um, this issue had a bunch of artwork that I adored and that I could pour over again and again and give a lot of thoughts. I'm not going to go too deep though this time around. Um, but the covers, you have the main one with Dick in the forefront surrounded by the DCU at large. That is by Bruno Redondo. I could talk about that for an hour. You have a great Jamal Campbell wraparound cover with all the various costumes and identities of Dick Grayson. Campbell is a really smart cover artist and cover designer. Um, I'm enjoying his work on the new Superman launch and uh, love his work on Naomi. Yeah, I really like his artwork. Uh, Dan Mora does a similar cover to Nightwing 100. He's also, God, he is so good. Travis Moore does a New Teen Titans-centric cover. And then you have other uh, artists on alternate covers for Nightwing 100, such as Jim Lee, Jorge Jimenez, Javier Fernandez, Babs Tarr, Jorge Fornes. And then they released uh, a black and white and a color version of what they call George Perez Artboard Design Cover, which is meant to evoke an original art page, if you will. This has been a trend both Marvel and DC have been doing for a long time, showing character designs uh, for variant covers. Some people describe this cover as Perez's early design concepts for Nightwing, but that's just... That's not the case. I mean, if you really look at the image, these are all images that were printed from various years in in Nightwing's earliest, uh, you know, release as a character. So it's more a collage than anything else. So you have the main image on the left, which uh, where he has his hands on his hips. That's right from the cover to Tales of the Teen Titans 44 which is the third part of the Judas Contract, which, yes, is Nightwing's first appearance. So, yes, technically, it's an early image of Perez, of the character. But it's, it's uh, yeah, and it might possibly be his first appearance on a cover, right? Outside of, like, a trade magazine that maybe I'm forgetting about, but I don't think so. 
Um, so yes, it's an early image, but it's not like his design image. Uh, the image of Dick in a suit is from Tales of the Tales of the Teen Titans 49. That's just prior to the wedding of Donna Troy. So it's Dick basically getting fitted for his tuxedo in those two images. Then the image of Nightwing with his uh, arm up as if it's resting on something. That's from Who's Who Update 88, issue number two, which uh, has Perez's revised entry for the character. And then the image of Nightwing running is from Secret Origins number 50. Now for the story in Nightwing 100, I really enjoyed this celebration, this anniversary issue. I mean, I love anniversary issues to begin with. I'm not even caught up on the title, but it gave me just enough information that I understood what was going on. And since it's a celebration of the character and his legacy, they involved many artists from over the years. So you got Scott McDaniel and Carl Story from the first Nightwing volume. You have Rick Leonardi, who was there during the Devin Grayson run, Eddie Barrows and Eber Ferreira for the New 52 run, Javier Fernandez for the DC Rebirth era, and then Mikhail Hanin for the Grayson title. And of course, Bruno Redondo and Kyle Felipe for the current era. So the story is Nightwing's final battle with Heartless after a massive prison break. Uh, he has to stop Heartless from taking over Bloodhaven. He has a rematch with KG Beast. And where they put the artists, the guest artists in, not only do they draw, you know, various sections of the story, there's a really great sequence where Dick Grayson has to jump from a very high location down into the middle of the madness. So they decide to take several splash pages to... Uh, depict that descent and the splash pages are basically a tour through Nightwing's costumes through his identities through the many artists and it's really beautiful I mean they work as pinups but yet they also work as stories as well as a story um, point because you get like Dick Grayson as a young circus performer and then his first Nightwing costume, the costume that he had during the McDaniel era, uh, the New 52 era, etc., etc. And then uh, somewhere in the story, because Dick has always been the center point of the DC universe, at least for me, he decides to call upon his friends for help. And those friends are the Titans. And eventually, once everything is settled, um, because of this story, because of the events of Dark Crisis, Dick is asked by Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman to lead, to lead the superhero community, to lead uh, in place of the Justice League, and this all leads to a larger place within the DCU for Dick Grayson, for Nightwing, and the Titans. And that's what we get at the end of the book. The Titans are reformed, the original lineup from, from the New Teen Titans era, all grown up, and they are going to have their headquarters uh, in a new Titans tower set in Bloodhaven. This will eventually kick us off into the story arc, uh, the next story arc in Nightwing, starting with uh, issue 101, and then eventually they will have their own title.
Now, it's no secret that the various Titans or Teen Titans titles ever since the New 52 launch haven't been so stellar, right? So I do have high hopes for Dawn of DC and for the two titles that are Titans related. Uh, you know, my fingers crossed on one and the other one, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty good. So let's start with the first one. We have a Cyborg miniseries coming in May of 2023. There is a prologue short story in the DC Power one-shot that was released in February of 2023 that is on the DC app. Um, I look at this and I'm like, is this the right thing to do? Like, other than wanting to have a character like Cyborg as a miniseries... If you're trying to to really push the Titans to the forefront, is it too early to expand? Like, why are you expanding right away, you know? I don't even know if this miniseries is going to have anything to do with the Titans. You know, I guess we're going to have to see. Um, I don't know. I feel like this could have been, you know, a different character. Vixen, Black Lightning, or some other character that DC just hasn't given page you know, like we've had multiple cyborg stories. Um, so we just, I guess we just have to see if you want a really good, um, idea of what a cyborg comic should be. You should listen to culture Trappin episode number 14. It's entitled R and B forever. Go to the two hour and 10 minute mark. And there's a conversation about how cyborg would be in our current culture society it's etc and julian lytle really is the one that kind of takes off on the idea and gives so many good uh, ideas of what cyborg could be and i got permission from daryl taylor to play it in this segment but then um you know this episode is getting a little too long and i and i felt like you should really go listen to the whole episode, but really just go listen to Culture Trap and 14 at the two hour and 10 minute mark. It's a great examination of the character. Um, I did also see that issue two of Cyborg will have an alternate cover designed by Sanford Green, and it is a total homage to Tales of the New Teen Titans number one with Cyborg. Uh, the origin of Cyborg, and he's breaking his chains, right? That four-issue miniseries that took a look at all of the quote-unquote new characters within the New Teen Titans. Now, the only bad thing is it's a ratio cover. It's 1 in 25, so it's like, you know, I want to buy it, but I don't want to pay, you know, too much money for it. All right, then also in May, we get a new Titans series by Tom Taylor, of course, with art by Nicholas Scott. And they're supposed to be at the forefront of protecting Earth since the Justice League aren't around just yet. And apparently there's supposed to be some big story points coming out of this series, which I guess we should see. I guess we'll see. Um, You also have a ton of covers here. Jen Bartell has a Nightwing cover on or a Nightwing image on this first issue. Maybe she's doing a run of all the individual characters Dan Mora has a cover, which is really great, but again, it's an incentive cover. Boo. Simone DeMeo has a good cover, uh, another ratio cover. That one 
almost looks like it's referencing All-Star Squadron number one with all of the images of certain characters on a table. So I really like that. He's great. Um, and then the Nicola Scott cover is almost, almost an homage to New Teen Titans 1 by Perez. Because all of the characters, except for Cyborg and Flash, are more or less in the same placement. You have Dick in the middle, you have Raven up top, Corey and Donna are flanking both of them, just like they are on the original Perez cover. You have Gar as a tiger, just like that original New Teen Titans cover. If only Flash and Cyborg could switch, then it would be so great. It would be... uh, A tip of the hat to that cover without actually trying to recreate it, right? Um, Nicola Scott, as an artist for this series, you know, she's been on Teen Titans before. She had a run on this, on these characters. I just feel like, is that the energy we want for this book? You know, Um, I don't know. I was really hoping for Dan Mora or or something like that. Uh, We'll see. I guess we will just have to see. All right, let's take another break and see where else the Titans are showing up. I can't remember my life before the accident. Now strange, impossible things are happening. And I'm scared. But I have to face the truth about my past and the darkness building inside of me. Before it destroys me. My name is Rachel Roth, but you can call me Raven. Over in DC's Young Readers line, which used to be called DC Zoom or DC Inc., uh, the Teen Titans are forming their own kind of, you know, new universe or new retelling. Uh, You have all of these stories by Cami Garcia and Gabriel Piccolo. Uh, The first one was Raven in 2019. The second one was Beast Boy in 2020. And that led to Beast Boy Loves Raven in 2021. Most recently, released March 8th, we had uh, Teen Titans Robin featuring Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. And now we're getting Starfire, which was just announced this month. It's going to be the same creative team. It's going to come out in July of 2024. And it's uh, part of this Teen Titans series. And it's the creators are going to put their spin on the character and the universe that they are building. And there's a tease in one of the interviews I read with Cami Garcia that there is going to be a sixth book. And if they are, fo- um, if they are following the lineup for the Teen Titans cartoon... You have to imagine that the sixth one will be about Cyborg, right? Because they got Raven, Beast Boy, Robin, Starfire. Well, the only one left from the cartoon would be Cyborg. So I hope that's what's going to happen. And um, uh, if you don't know about these books, uh, you know, at least the first ones I've read are quite enjoyable. And it's a totally different take, but it makes sense for young readers. Uh, A few magazine recommendations and announcements. So I've talked about Pace Setter, the Pace Setter magazine uh, or fanzine on this podcast before. They are putting out issue number 17 by publisher Tony Lawrence. 
and they want your help to put this issue together. So let me read what Tony wrote here. We would like to invite you to be involved in the final issue of Pacesetter, the George Perez magazine. This issue is a tribute to George, with proceeds going to Hero Initiative, the cause that George was a great supporter of. You are invited to contribute art, photos, a written tribute, or all of the above. What did George mean to you? How were you associated with him? What do you remember most about George? Please email your responses to Tony Lawrence at tlawrenceP at yahoo.com and, car- and copy Marcus Meves at Barringer at gmail.com. Deadline for submissions, April 15th, 2023. Thank you for your support and for being a part of something big. Sincerely, Tony and Marcus, uh, publisher and editor of Paysetter. Now, this wasn't an email sent to me. This was something they posted on a website. Um, but that's great. You know, I, I actually came across this because Luciano, Luciano Vecchio, uh, who is an artist uh, over at Marvel and does a lot of work online, I follow his Instagram and he posted an image of the New Teen Titans around like just post Judas contract, you know, the, the lineup that was featured in the early volume two era. He posted an image back in January and said, oh, this is for a new Pacesetter magazine. And I thought, wait a minute. I thought Pacesetter stopped at issue 16 because there was something to do with like a a cease and desist letter to either the magazine or to the website that was publishing the magazine. Um, But no, here we go. We're going to get one more issue number 17. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I probably should, uh, you know, put a submission in there because... Certainly, he has meant so much to me over the years. And then back issue number 147, which is coming in October of 2023, is going to be the 20th anniversary of back issue, and it's going to be a tribute to George Perez. George drew the uh, cover to the very first back issue and has done other covers as well. So in that back issue magazine, it's going to be the early George Perez years for Wonder Woman, Perez's 20 greatest hits of the Bronze Age, Perez's fansies days, a remembrance by Mar Wolfman, a Wonder Woman interview with Mindy Newell, and more. And then the cover features Wonder Woman by Perez. And that image was drawn for a DC house ad uh, to celebrate Wonder Woman 50, during Perez's run, which was also the 50th anniversary of the character. And Back Issue is edited by Michael Yuri. And hey, what about some Titans toys, if you're into collecting toys and statues and such? So McFarlane Toys, part of their DC Multiverse line, has uh, a build-a-line um, set of figures Featuring Titans members, so you got Nightwing, Donna Troy, Raven, and Arsenal, more or less sporting their DC Rebirth looks, and you collect all of those, and you can build uh, a a beast-like Beast Boy, and this is going to be releasing sometime this year. I'm not a big toy collector. They look great. Um, you know, if I ever came across them cheaply, maybe I would buy them, but you know, I'm, I'm just not a big toy collector, but maybe some of you are out there. And finally, let's talk Titans on TV. 
We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Oh, sorry. Looks like looks like we're out of time. Wah wah. <laughs> Uh, Titans on TV. No, to be serious, I haven't watched this fourth and final season of Titans yet. Apparently, we've had six episodes so far, and then the second part of the season will return April 13th, and that will run for six more episodes, and then that will end the series. You know my feelings about the Titans TV show. Um, maybe I'll do an episode on those first six episodes before the April 13th date of the new episodes. We just will have to see. All right. Thank you for joining me for this episode. As always, send me email, peter at thedailyrios.com. Leave a comment on the website, thedailyrios.com. Follow my Twitter, Peter J. Rios. Uh, This podcast and this specific feed should be on Apple Music, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. I will check that. This has been The Tower, episode 42, which I just realized that if I was doing one issue of New Teen Titans per episode, episode 42 would be issue 42, the first part of the Judas Contract. That's right. I would be covering the Judas Contract right now. Mm, Love that. Anyway, this has been The Tower, episode 42, for Saturday, March 25th, 2023. Talk to you soon.